0: Good evening, Living Hope. What a honor it is for me to uh, address you today. We are uh, missing you all very much. Not a day that goes by that uh, we don't think of you. We uh, are in this together. We pray for you daily. Pray for your pastor, for the church. Um, I believe we're living in the greatest opportunity for the church of the living god and i look forward to hearing the great reports of what god is doing um, at living hope uh, i want to give honor to pastor staden first lady bowery um we love you probably no probably our closest friends on this planet and uh I don't have too many other friends on other planets, so they're probably my closest friends. And uh, we love them so very much. And we miss you. To Brooke and Cameron, Riley and Dakota, my girl. We love you. And I can't wait to see you again. Also to my good friend, brother and sister Roberts. We love you. Miss you. Our time on the pastoral staff at Living Hope was life forming for me. And uh, lifelong bonds and friendships, I'm so appreciative of. As you can see, uh, people wonder why I have this Florida Gators uh, tissue box in my office. And I just tell them it's a long story because they probably will never understand. But it's still here, Brother Roberts, so you can see. Amen. Tonight, I just want to encourage you a little bit. Um, Pastor Staten asked me to address the church. I know it's Wednesday Bible study. Um, I don't do this sitting down. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm, I'm a pretty excitable person. Some of these guys can can sit down and, and video themselves, but that's just not me. i got to give myself space because... Uh, I get excited about the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I'm passionate about the Word of God. And so um, Wednesday night Bible study, I just want to uh, study a passage of Scripture, bring out some points that I think are relevant to where you specifically are and where the apostolic movement is. We are living in the greatest opportunity. I know what's going on outside of our church buildings, the pandemic, the fear that is running rampant and just the unknowns, not knowing what tomorrow holds. Uh, I was reading in the paper on um, Sunday that they were saying that uh, the United States of America specifically is dealing with a um, mental crisis. that they've never seen before in the history of, of you know, humanity is people are losing their minds uh, because of the fear that has possessed us because of this pandemic. But that tells me that this is the greatest opportunity for the church to be a light and to reach people. We have baptized uh, 14 people during the course of this um pandemic and we are teaching online bible studies and i just believe that we are about to see the greatest harvest an end time harvest and uh, i don't know about you but i want to be ready amen uh if you'll turn to what typically people would this passage of scripture they would read it around christmas time but i was reading in my bible and uh the Lord just kind of pulled some things out of me as I was reading through this, and so I want to share this with you. I want to talk to you tonight about the tale, T-A-L-E, of two messages. The tale of two messages. Luke chapter 1, verse 11, And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear, fear, Fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, living hope, fear not. Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Like no other time in history, it's the job of the Apostolic Church, the Church of the Living God, to make people ready, make them prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I'm, I'm an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. And the angel said unto him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I am sent here to speak to you, to bring you good news, to show you glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Why? Because thou believest not. My words, which shall be fulfilled, notice, in their season. Skip down Luke chapter 1 verse 26. We see a very similar scenario. A very similar situation. Luke chapter 1 verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. The same angel is sent. Mary, fear not, living hope. For thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob Forever And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Notice Mary's response. Notice the uh, similarity to the response of Zacharias. Same angel, same response. How, how shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. Barren for with God nothing shall be impossible. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. The writer Luke here reminds us that the story of the birth of Jesus it. Does not start in Bethlehem and it does not start with Mary, but it actually starts in Jerusalem with Mary's cousin Elizabeth. And we've got to understand that this is very strategic, it is very revelatory. Elizabeth, her cousin, is barren, she cannot have children, she has never had a child. And then when we are introduced to her in Luke chapter 1, we find that she is post-menopausal. She is past her childbearing days. And God in his divine plan decides to take Elizabeth who is past her physical ability to even bear a child. And God said, I'm going to open up her womb and I am going to give her a child. So I present to you tonight living hope, that God allowed Elizabeth to get pregnant because it was part of a bigger plan. Sometimes the things that we're going through uh, are, are, are bigger than, than what we can see with our finite minds. God answers Elizabeth's prayer for a child because he knows that Her baby cousin Mary here in a few months will be visited by this same angel And Mary. Mary, she is going to hear the plan of God and how she, a virgin, would bring the Savior to the world. And Mary's not going to take the news so good. She is going to struggle with the news. And so God is going to reveal some things to Mary that in her finite mind she cannot even comprehend because in the... The physical realm, they are impossible. But we read in our text that with God, all things are possible. How can a virgin have a child? So watch this. The Lord moves in her cousin Elizabeth's life because he knows that Mary is going to struggle with God's plan for her life. And in the day and the hour that we are living in. There are many churches, there are many pastors, there are many great men and women and children of God that are struggling trying to understand God's plan in COVID-19, God's plan in the pandemic. 2020 was not supposed to be this way. And like Mary, we struggle with the plan of God. And, and Mary was going to need something. Mary was going to need an example to bring her to the revelation that God is not limited in his power and God can do anything at any time with anybody that he so chooses to do. God can take an elderly, barren relative and give her a child so that a virgin who will be conceived by the Holy Ghost moving upon her can look at her life and know that if God can do it for her, then God may, just may, be able to do it in my life. Elizabeth's pregnancy was a living encouragement to Mary that with God nothing is impossible. Could it be that God is raising up the apostolic church to become a living encouragement to a world who is in desperate need of an answer? Could it be living hope that we are going through as difficult and as trying as, as this moment is, but what we are going through has a biggest, bigger purpose that is not about us all at all. But when we come through this and we will come through this mess. There will be some testimonies that will spark an end time harvest that I have not seen and ear have not heard and and we can't even dream of what God is about to do. Could it be that all of this has a purpose? Yes it hurts and yes this frustrates. I am sick and tired of COVID-19 but God help me. God help me To be bigger than this moment. And what the enemy intended for evil. Watch my God turn it around into something of historical proportions. If you'll receive that right now. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise right where you're at. So strange not being able to hear that. Hallelujah. Amen. Watch how this unfolds. God sends the angel Gabriel. To go tell Elizabeth's cousin Zacharias that they're about to have a baby. Gabriel shows up. He said, I got some good news. And he he states that the Lord has heard your prayer. The Lord has heard your prayer. Living hope, the Lord has heard your prayer. You will have a son. His name will be John. And he will be great. I want you to notice how Zacharias responds. He says, how? He said, I'm old. My wife is old. And there is no way at our age and in our current condition that we're going to have a baby. How is this all going to transpire? How is this going to happen? When Gabriel hears Zacharias ask, how is this going to happen? Gabriel gets angry and he goes off on Zacharias. He tells him, "Don't, don't you know who I am? I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent by God to tell you that your prayer has been answered. And you have the nerve to ask me how it's going to happen. Because you did not believe, and you asked me how it's going to happen. He said, I'm going to shut your mouth, and you will not even be able to speak for nine months. Why? Because you doubted God. Watch. Six months later, it's the same angel Gabriel, and he's sent to Nazareth to marry With a different message. Mary, the Lord has favored you. You will have a son. His name will be Jesus, and he will be great. That sounds very familiar. It was the same message from Gabriel, and notice how Mary responds. She says, How? I am a virgin. He tells Mary, notice the response of the angel. He tells Mary to pack your bags, go to your cousin Elizabeth's house as a testimony. Praise God, I feel something in my spirit. As a, as a testimony of what God is able and about to do in your life. Do you notice any differences in the tell of these two messages? Same angel delivers the same message to two different people who both respond in the same way. And they ask, how? How is this going to happen? Zacharias gets punished and Mary gets comforted. How can they both react the same way and one be punished and the other be comforted? Why does it seem that God gets more upset with Zacharias and his questioning than he does with Mary and her questioning. What differs between Zacharias's doubt and Mary's doubt? What I want to present to Living Hope tonight is that you must remember this. Elizabeth's pregnancy was part, as I said, of the divine plan of God. God in his divine plan was creating something. Elizabeth's pregnancy had a purpose and that was to be a testimony and an encouragement to Mary. In Elizabeth, God is trying to create an atmosphere of expectancy and an atmosphere of encouragement so that when Mary shows up and knocks at Elizabeth's door, she will walk into an atmosphere of, I feel the Holy Ghost, of expectancy and encouragement that'll help her get through the thing she is about to struggle with that gives her hope, that gives her living hope when she is in doubt that gives her clarity when she's going to be in a time of confusion that gives her that gives her faith when she does not understand what god is doing with her and through her can anybody identify with what mary was struggling with we don't understand the why's and the ifs and 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 what god is doing in this exact Moment that God tried to create an atmosphere that when Mary was struggling, she could go to a place where there were some testimonies that with God nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. And God is trying to prepare and surround Mary with people who will remind her that God is able to do exceedingly. And abundantly above all we could ever ask. And that's the kind of people I want to be around. Living Hope, that's the kind of people I am so tired of the cynics and the faith thieves that want to come and talk about all of the negativity. Listen, if you want to talk about revival, let's have coffee. But if you want to point to all the negativity, look, I got enough of that. All I got to do is turn the radio on. God is trying to prepare the atmosphere for some Mary's. And could it be what the church is experiencing through COVID-19 is in reality, I feel the Holy Ghost. God trying to create an atmosphere of faith and not fear in the apostolic movement. Why? For the latter rain that God is about to unleash on humanity. Don't get it twisted and misinterpret what we're going through. Don't miss this season. This is not a punishment. This is a preparation. pro I'm going to say it again, living hope. This is not a punishment. This is a preparation process. I believe that God is allowing his church a time to prepare because what he is about to do in the end of time is so unprecedented. I feel the Holy Ghost that if you are unprepared, you'll miss it. When our doors are opened back up and they will be soon, And if nothing has changed in us, and if nothing has changed in the atmosphere of our churches, then we can't point fingers at God for missed opportunity when in our isolation, we did no preparation. So in the midst of God creating an atmosphere, an atmosphere where life, where life can be born, where life can survive, an atmosphere of encouragement. Here comes Ozak, Zach. Zacharias, doubting, speaking negativity, questioning God, speaking things that he thinks will never happen, and so the angel shut his mouth. Why? Because Mary's on the way. Somebody get that in your spirit. And when she gets here, she don't need to hear all of that junk, all of that mess, all of that negativity, all the things that you think, Zach, that God cannot do. She does not need to hear what God is not able to do. Zacharias, in my divine plan, when Mary shows up, I want her to see some living proof that if you'll put your faith and you'll put your trust in God, that God can and will do the impossible in your life. You better prepare yourself. Living Hope, we got to prepare the atmosphere because there are some Marys that are walking down the dusty road. There are some Marys that are about to pull into the parking lot of Living Hope. Mary wants to enter into an atmosphere where she doesn't hear a bunch of Zachs running around around with a woe is me attitude. Hear me, living hope. This is why church at times can be such a negative experience for those who are seeking change. For those who enter our doors desperate for God. Desperate for miracles. Mary is just looking For hope. Mary just wants an answer. Mary is looking for living proof of the life changing power of what the Holy Ghost can do in a life. So every time we open the doors, God is trying to create an atmosphere of expectancy and an atmosphere of faith because every service, there are some Marys that are sitting on our pews. There are some Marys that are sitting in the chairs. They have no hope. they been destroyed by the choices that they've made, and it's all they can do to muster enough faith just to step into our buildings. They come to church, and they're struggling with the will of God, and they're struggling with the pandemic and the fear, and they're struggling with everything that is happening in their lives, and hear me, they are hurting, and they are confused, and they're wondering how God's just going to work all of this out for their good, and so the lord brings them to live in hope and so the lord brings them to sound life church the lord brings them to an an environment of expectancy why to be encouraged to be built up in their faith but just as sure as we have some Marys, every service zach shows up zacharias comes and sits down on your pew yes he does you know zach you know zacharias They're religious on the outside, but they're raggedy on the inside. They sing the songs in worship, and they post gossip during the offering. You know Zacharias, always negative, always critical, always willing to tell us what God can't do. They always got something to say, not for, but against, always stirring up trouble, always running their mouth. And you just want to tell Zacharias, I did not come to church. To hear all of that junk, all of that mess. I made my way to the house of God because I am in desperate need to be in an atmosphere of expectancy. To remind me and to encourage me that what God did for somebody else, God can do in my life. God healed them of cancer so I know God can do it for me. God healed their marriage so don't tell me that God can't do it for me. God restored their family. God saved their children. That's the kind of atmosphere we need to create every time Mary walks through our doors. I did not get up out of bed. Take the time to dress myself. Get the kids all ready. Warm up. This winter, defrost the car, drive 20 minutes to get to church, skip breakfast, didn't have time to cook because we had to iron everybody's clothes, brave the weather, just to finally walk through the doors of a church. To hear somebody run their mouth about a bunch of junk that I don't need to hear. I do not need to hear negativity. Living hope, you know what I need to hear? Stuff like you don't know like I know what God did in my life. And what God did for me, he can do for you. I need to hear a get back up. Testimony. I need to hear things like rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. Why? Because the atmosphere, praise God, somebody get this at living hope. Is that it, it, it it's it doesn't matter how far or how many times you have fallen, you can and will get back up. I am a living testimony of a get back up testimony. I need to hear things like weeping may endure for the night. But joy's on the way. This may sound harsh, but most of you know me. I'm going to say it anyways. As a pastor, sometimes I wish Gabriel'd show up at my church and just shut some people's mouths. I don't want anything, I don't want anything to spoil. The atmosphere we've been praying and working and trying to create. The atmosphere that Mary needs in this hour of end time harvest. We need to shut the mouth of Zacharias and create an atmosphere where souls can find true hope again. Praise God. I'm so confused as to why God... Sends Gabriel to Zacharias anyway. I want you to put your thinking caps on with me. When the announcement of Jesus comes, Gabriel sent to Mary the mother. But when the announcement of John comes, Gabriel's not sent to Elizabeth the mother. But Gabriel is sent to Zacharias the father. This is so confusing to me. If Gabriel sent to Mary, why didn't God just send the angel to Elizabeth? Or if the angel was sent to Zacharias, why wasn't Gabriel then sent to Joseph? Think about it. If I was Joseph, I would have preferred that if my wife's going to tell me that this is all the Holy Ghost, my preference is that God would have have informed me first. The scripture says that Joseph found Mary pregnant. She went away to Elizabeth's house. She comes back three months later and he finds out she's pregnant and she says, oh, this is the Holy Ghost. It just makes sense to me. If God is going to have Gabriel tell Zacharias that he would have had Gabriel also tell Joseph. Why did God choose Mary in one situation? And Zacharias in another. Why did he tell the mother in one situation and the father in the other? You have to remember how these pregnancies happen. Mary's pregnancy is an immaculate conception. Mary's pregnancy is of the Holy Ghost. Gabriel doesn't need to go, Joseph, go to Joseph because the truth be told, Joseph has nothing to do with it. Joseph is just a spectator. He just has to sit back. Hear me tonight. He just has to sit back and watch God's plan unfold. But Elizabeth's pregnancy is not an immaculate conception. It is of the natural ways. In Elizabeth's pregnancy, yes, God opened the womb. Yes, God gave the potential. But still, Zacharias had to play a part, hear me, in the miracle. You can't just sit back and watch God. Sometimes you got to get up and you've got to do something about it. And this is what I believe that in the season God has created for living hope. He has created the possibility for the fulfillment of the prophetic harvest and historic miracles, but we've got to act on it. We cannot be paralyzed in fear. We cannot sit back in isolation and hide in the corners. It is time to act upon opportunity. God is not pleased when Zacharias says, I'm too old. He's trying to excuse himself from the responsibility God has given him for his part, watch, of making the prayer become reality. Zacharias, you can't just sit back and watch God. You've got to do something if you want a miracle. God answers and his answer for your miracle in this hour requires action on our parts. Living hope, we've been praying for it. And I say we because we're still connected to this church. We've been praying, 1%, 1%, 10,000 people, we've been praying for it. And then God says, now, what are you going to do about it? Because my answer demands action, God tells Moses, I'm going to part the Red Sea, but you've got to do something about it. Stretch forth your rod. God tells Joshua, I'll bring down some walls in your life, but you've got to do something about it. March around these walls for six days. And on the seven days, get your praise on, get your shout on. You've got to do something about it. Jesus said, I'll raise Lazarus from the dead, but you've got to show me where you laid him. And then you've got to remove the stone and give me access to him and get out of the way. You've got to do something about it. I believe this. I believe that we are in a season where requisitions will become reality but that will never happen if we're paralyzed in fear. We've got to do something about it if we want to see the miracle of the last days. Oh, Pastor Coots, I just put it all in God's hands. Well, God bless your little heart. God wants you to put it in, in into his hands. But he doesn't want you to refuse to do anything with your hands. I'm going to say it again. God wants you to put it in his hands and to trust him. But he don't want you to sit back, pick up a glass of lemonade, and refuse to do anything with your hands. Read Joshua chapter 7. The children of Israel lose a battle to the little city of Ai. They lose, and Joshua is on the ground praying, and He's crying. And he's asking God, how could all of this happen to poor little old me? God shows up. And God is very pointed. And he tells Joshua, you need to stop praying. And you need to start fighting. He said, get off your knees. Square your shoulders. Grow a backbone. And do what I have already given you the power. Somebody get it in your spirit. Do what I've already given you the power to do for yourself. Living hope, you are in a season of conquest, and God wants us to square our shoulders, look fear in its face, and do what God has already given you the power to do for yourself. This harvest, this land, this miracle is going to take Some action. God has set you up. God has prepared the atmosphere. He says, I'm going to create the possibility, but you still got to do something about it. I'll create the atmosphere, but you got to stop crying long enough. To forget about the problem and lift your hands in worship. I'll wake you up again. I'll give you a heart that beats another day. I'll give you breath in your lungs one more time. But when you get in that atmosphere, when you get in my presence, you have got to be responsive. You cannot sit there unresponsive. You've got to do something when you get in the presence of God. And the presence of God is not limited to the walls of a church building. I have had some of the best prayer meetings, some of the best worship sessions that I've ever had in this time of isolation. Right now, in the middle of your living room, uh, what you're feeling as we are talking is more than goosebumps. It's the presence of the Almighty God that is not limited to a church building, but right now in the middle of your living room, God can reach down and do a miracle. But what will you do about it? Will you respond to what you're hearing? Will you have enough faith to create atmosphere in your living room where God can do the miraculous. He said, I'm going to open the door, but you've got to run through it. He said, I've got a healing waiting for you in your hallelujahs, but can you lift your voice right now in the middle of your living room and give me praise and give me worship And honor me. He is a motion sensitive God. So we've got to get up. And we've got to move. And we've got to do something about it. Quit saving your praise for the sanctuary. Hallelujah. I say quit saving your praise for the sanctuary. Last Sunday, I had one of the greatest outpourings of the presence of God right in my living room. I had tears running down my face. I felt the presence of God. It is time that we turn our front rooms into a war front and a Fight. Today is your day. Today is the day. Quit saving it for when the door opens back up, your miracle is waiting even right now on the wings of your worship. Find you a prayer closet and begin to intercede. Lift your voice and begin to praise. Give God praise right where you're at. You may be driving in your car but God can move in the midst of the atmosphere where you are. You've got to do what God enabled you to do first. You move, he moves. You respond, he responds. I'm afraid that so often we pray, but we don't want to be a part of the answer. God, we want 1%. And we'll pray the prayer, but we really don't want to be a part of the answer. There is a difference between Zacharias and Mary. Gabriel shows up and tells Zacharias, your prayer has been heard. Gabriel shows up to Mary and says, God has chosen you. There is a difference. Here's the difference. Mary wasn't praying for a pregnancy. God just chose Mary. Some miracles, we don't even pray for He's a good God. He's a great God. And he just does some miracles for us that we don't even pray about. Thank God. It's easy to worship and praise him in those times. But here's the problem with Zacharias. Zacharias, dude, you've been praying for a child. Your wife is barren. You've been. This is what you've been working for. It's what you've been preparing for. And when God shows up, and he tells you, I'm going to give you a baby, then you doubt that God can do what you're asking him to do. That blows my mind. How can you pray and not expect God to do what you've been asking him to do. If you do not expect God to do the miracle, if you do not expect God to give you 1%, if you do not expect God to reach your city, then why do we waste the time of even praying for it in the first place? I think the deeper problem yet is how God answers the prayer. God tells Zacharias, your wife's going to have a baby. And here's what I want you to get. Living hope, get this. I'm almost done. She doesn't have it yet. This baby, this miracle, this harvest that God is unleashing, receiving, is not an adoption, but it's a pregnancy. The issue with that is that pregnancies are progressive. It is not immediate. It takes some time for the miracle to grow. I'm giving you a word. It's going to happen. It's just not going to happen today. And maybe it won't happen next week. Maybe it will. I don't know. But maybe it won't happen for the next month. Maybe the miracle is going to take nine months to develop. But the good news is, living hope, that even though it's going to take some time, every day your wife is going to show some signs that what was promised will happen. There will be some signs. I want you to think about it, that it's on the way. And know the problem with Zacharias was this, if you read the scripture, he waits until John is born in verse 65 to praise God for the miracle. And Zacharias is like many of us in this season that we're living in. We cannot handle progressive answers. We can only worship God when we see a fully developed miracle that has been born. Some people will not respond in worship until every prayer has been answered. Every storm has been calmed. Every trial is now over. But then there are some real Worshipers. I'm talking about true worshipers. We say that all the time, but in this hour that we live in, I believe more than ever, we this will be the defining moment of what God meant when he said he was seeking true worship. Worshipers. Real worshipers are people who do not need to hold it in their hands. Why? Because they can see the signs. And I can praise God for the little things, for the simple fact that I see signs that it's on the way. God is looking for some real worshipers that in the middle of a pandemic, we don't need to see the finished product to praise God, but we'll respond today because God has began to give us some signs. I may not be healed yet, but I feel better today than I felt yesterday. God's given me some little signs. They may not be saved yet, but now I'm talking to them on the phone. At least we're in communication and in relationship again. They may not be saved yet, but God is giving me some signs. I may not have all that i want. Want yet. But God has given me everything that I could ever need. God has given me a sign. True worship is when you can have church in your living room and say, I don't need it all. My miracle does not have to be complete. When I see the miracle, the signs of what God is about to do, that is enough for me to respond in worship and praise. I wonder right now, can you give God some worship and praise right where you're at for the fact: He's given you some signs that every prophetic utterance is about to be burned. Living hope. We need to get a it is enough praise in this critical hour. It is enough. If God never does anything else for me, it is enough. My praise will never, my worship will never be Dictated on circumstance. It is enough praise. In closing. I close with this. I want you to compare Zacharias and Mary. Think about this. We are living in an hour. When God is looking for ma- mature saints. When I was a child. I spoke as a child. understood as a child. I thought as a child. I acted like a child. But at some point, Church of the Living God has got to mature to a point. Look at it. Mary's a teenage girl. Zacharias is an old dude, an old man. Zacharias has lived a long time, and Mary is just getting started with her life. Mary's just a teenage girl who hasn't experienced the trials of life, she hasn't experienced the heartaches that life can bring. So I can understand why Mary had some questions. God is telling Zacharias, it's time to mature Zacharias. You're too old to be acting this way, doubting that I can do what I said. I you're too old to not trust God. With all that I've done for you, living hope with all the miracles that God has done for us, The storms that we thought we'd never get through. The diagnosis that we thought we'd never live through. I know some of the testimonies in Living Hope. With your enemies, think about it, that now you have outlived. You've outlived your enemies. How dare us not trust God after everything he's done in our life. He has created through the miraculous the atmosphere. There are some benefits getting older and as hard as I try to combat it I'm getting older the older I get one of the benefits is Pastor Staten or the Roberts I really don't care what people think anymore the older I get the more I know and the more I'm convinced that I know what I know I know God's able and I know what God has spoken into the lives of many many families of living hope and I know the miracles that he has spoken the prophetic utterances that have been spoken over that church over living hope I know God is able and I know You say whatever you want to. I know. I'm old. I can think what I want. I know that our best hour has just begun. I've seen God do too much for me to not trust Him. He's answered too many prayers over the years. He's moved too many mountains. He's made too many ways out of no ways. There are some things that I do not understand in church. I understand why maybe they do not worship God in the children's power hour. But how can some grown-up folks who God has strategically placed into an atmosphere of miracles not be willing to worship your way to the greatest miracle? Living hope? I wonder right now. I I am. I'm, I'm done. Right where you're at, if you could lift your hands and just give God some praise. Right where you're at, at this moment, let hell know that we are not going to be paralyzed in fear, not one moment longer. It is time for a conquest. Just let hell know that we're going to do something about the promises that God has spoken over this church. We are going to step into the divine will of God. We thank you. I pray right now, God. I pray over Pastor Staten. I pray over Sister Valerie. First of all, heads of protection, I pray, God, that your blood would be applied to their home. Protect them from the Zachariases and that want to say all the negative things that God cannot do. And I pray, God, help them to create an atmosphere at Living Hope where Mary's can walk into that building and see people filled with the Holy Ghost. See, God, families restored. See, God, marriages restored. I pray, God, protect them. I pray for every member of Living Hope, even right now, that is dealing with fear. Fear of tomorrow, fear of failure, fear of the unknown. I pray God, make true worshipers out of them. Because we don't want to miss this moment. We don't want to miss the greatest, the latter reign. And I believe we're living in that time. And I believe. God, that we are, we desire, Living Hope, Sound Life Church, we desire more than ever to create an atmosphere where your spirit can move and do the miraculous. In Jesus' name. Living Hope, I love you. I love you more than I could ever tell you. And while miles separate us, know that my heart, my spirit is there we're praying, we're warring with you. We're there right with you. I look forward to the next time. I was going to say that I can see your faces, but I can't see your faces. But I do look forward to the time that I can. Uh, we miss you. We're praying for you. I've asked Pastor State, and he's going to be preaching for our church Sunday. And uh, in, in a very similar venue is what we're doing right now. I'm excited about that. But we're in this together. Amen. Whose report will you believe? God bless you. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm going to wait on you, cheeks I'm going to wait on your-